Hey everybody, this is Hunter Howard. I'm the lead pastor of Encounter Church. Here at Encounter Church, our vision is helping people encounter God. And that's what I pray and hope for you today, that you will encounter God through this message. Enjoy. Those of you that were here last Sunday, man, what a powerful word from Pastor RJ, right? You know, I was listening to that thinking, I think his word summed up the entire solid theme. Okay, so I really encourage you, if you weren't here last Sunday or you haven't caught up and listened to it, go back and listen to that podcast. It was a very, very powerful word about valuing the word of God, because in reality, that's what we've been doing all year, right? The entire year, our theme has been solid. We've been learning biblical foundations for strong disciples, and the entire year we've been learning and we've been saying that, practicing Practicing God's word makes me strong. You, had, you didn't even need to see it on the screen to remember it, right? Come on, let's say it one more time. Practicing God's word just knowing God's word? Just reading it? Oh, but you got to read it and know it to practice it, right? But what is, it, what is the thing that actually makes us strong? Practicing it, doing it, right? That's the way that we show value to God's word. And you, can you believe we're coming to the end of 2020, which means we're coming to the end of our solid theme. But I feel the Holy Spirit told me today, we've learned to be solid in 2020 so that in 2021, we live solid. Amen. We've learned not to be shaken, shaken, even though everything else is shaking, so that this coming year, but with that foundation, that solid foundation of the word, we will live and not be shaken, even though things are shaking. And so I'm really excited that we're coming to the end of solid because I, I, I'm seeing the results in my life. I'm seeing the results in your lives, and I believe we're going to continue uh, to see it. We have, over the past, uh, now uh, going on 11 months, examined a dozen or so central biblical doctrines, right? We've gone through the, 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 about a dozen of the main doctrines of the Bible, and in a couple of weeks, we're going to get to Christmas, right? By the way, December 13th and 20th is going to be a Christmas series, okay? So I really want to encourage everybody to, to begin to invite people and bring people to December 13th and December 20th. We're going to have Christmas messages, and I know you know somebody that needs one, right? Do you know anybody that needs the hope of Christmas this year? Come on, does anybody need joy in the world this year, right? Bring somebody December 13th and 20th to get the joy of Christmas, right? Um, but just before we get to Christmas, we have one last central biblical doctrine that we're going to be examining the next two weeks, okay? And we're going to talk about resurrection and judgment. Resurrection and judgment. See, I thought Christians didn't judge. I thought we didn't do that. Well, we're, you're going to find out that God is the judge, okay? We're going to be learning today and then next Sunday about resurrection and judgment. And the title of this mini-series of messages today and next Sunday is Seated. Anybody seated in the house? Well, stand up. Stand up. Come on. I might make you stand up and sit down a couple of times today. I know, you know, in a lot of churches they do that all the time, Right? But I want you to be, I want, I, want, I want you to be standing as I read these scriptures because we're, what we're going to do is we're going to go back into a short moment of more worship together. Is that okay? Okay. How many of us know 
that God is still seated on his throne in heaven. And nobody nor nothing could ever remove him from being seated on his throne. Come on, come on somebody shout, he's seated. And he'll forever be seated on his throne. Listen to this. Psalms uh, 9, verses 7 and 8. But the Lord of eternity, our mighty God, lives and reigns forever. He sits enthroned as king, ready to render his verdicts and judge with all righteousness. He will issue his decrees of judgment, deciding what is right for the entire world, dispensing justice to all. Come on, somebody say, he's seated. Revelation 5, 13, and then I heard uh, every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea, they sang blessing and honor and glory and power belong to the one seated or sitting, seated on the throne and to the lamb forever and ever. Come on, somebody shout one more time. He's seated. Can we worship him for just another minute? I'm just going to begin to declare worship to the one who's seated on the throne, and I want to invite you to do the same. Are we ready? Today, almighty God, we declare you are seated on your throne, your eternal throne. You are from everlasting to everlasting, the first and the last, the beginning and the end, the father of creation, the ancient of days. We worship you, Father, the one from whom and to whom and for whom everything exists. Everything belongs to you, almighty God, and we worship you. And to Jesus Christ, the living word of God, the express image of the Father, our Messiah, the anointed one who anoints us, our Redeemer, our Savior, our Deliverer, our Healer, our all in all, the name above all names, King over all kings, Lord of all lords. You are seated at the right hand of the Father in heaven, and we worship you. We worship you, Jesus, the one who not only went to the cross and died in our place, but you rose from the grave, and you defeated death, and you ascended into heaven, And you are seated at the right hand of the Father where you intercede for us. Jesus, we worship you. And we worship you, Spirit of the living God. The sevenfold Spirit of God surrounding the throne that's been sent to every corner of the earth that's been sent into our hearts to dwell within us to be with us to be upon us to give us power holy spirit we worship you glory to your name come on listen i'm gonna i'm gonna make this declaration and i want you to receive it in your spirit and just praise him for it you are seated with all the kingdoms of this world as your footstool god Come on, I'm going to say that again. You are seated with all the kingdoms of this world as your footstool, awaiting the proclamation of the good news of Jesus to all peoples. So every nation will hear the gospel. Jesus, you are seated so that you can return and resurrect and judge all people. And we, your people, we're your prized possession We're going to be eternally home with you forever and ever. Oh, Jesus, we worship you. Then one day, we will be seated with you, Lord Jesus, to rule and to reign and to govern. We worship you. And and today, come on, if, if you wouldn't mind, let's do what the Bible says. How about you lift your hands up to heaven and let's pray something very simple. 
to the one who's seated on the throne and unto the Lamb and the Holy Spirit. Come on, somebody. Your kingdom come. Your will be done in the earth as it is in heaven. Come on, one more time. Your kingdom come and your will be done as it is in heaven, Lord. Just as it is in heaven, we pray it be done in the earth and, and, and even more personal. Let's pray it. Your will be done through my life. Come on, let that sink in. Let it be more than words today. Come on, let's, let's pray it personally. King Jesus, reign in my heart. Rule my heart. I want to do your will through my life, in my generation, in the earth, as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name. Is he seated? Come on, shout, he's seated. Amen. You can be seated. <laughs> you can be seated now, too. Whew. You know, I wanted to do that this morning because it's not just reading the word of God. The word of God should inspire us to worship. It's not just knowing what it says, but it's repeating it back to him. It's not just knowing who he is. It's honoring him for who he is. We ought to do that on a daily basis, worship him. Today, seated, part one. Okay, we're going to be talking about resurrection and judgment. I want to ask everybody, okay, I want to ask everybody, come back next Sunday to learn about judgment, okay? That doesn't necessarily sound fun, but let me tell you, it's more than just retribution. There's rewards that go with judgment. Come on, we're going to learn about retribution, but also rewards. Anybody want to be rewarded? Okay, so come back next Sunday to learn more about judgment, okay? But today we're going to, and in reality, we need to learn about judgment because honestly, most people don't have a biblical understanding of God's judgment, right? Unfortunately, a lot of Christians don't have a biblical perspective of God's judgment. We need to see what the word of God says, right? Right? But today, we're going to learn about resurrection. Now, not, listen, not mainly the resurrection. I'm not talking about Easter, okay? Although he was the first to rise from the dead, so we'll all be raised, right? We know that. But today, we're going to look at what the Word of God says about final resurrection, the resurrection of all. Turn to somebody and say, you're going to be raised. <laughs> According to the Bible, and, and again, I want to uh, just invite you. I know um, Alex mentioned it. If you prefer a paper outline, there's one back there in the preaching outlines box. But also, go ahead and go to your Bible app because I want you to see all these scriptures today, okay? I want you to see all these scriptures today. We're going to read probably more scriptures than usual today because I really want us to understand this. But according to the Bible, okay, all of us have three inescapable appointments, right? Death and taxes. No, I'm just playing. Okay. All of us have three inescapable appointments. In other words, we're going to go there. Want to or not, we're all going to these three appointments that we absolutely cannot get out of. One is death. We're all going to die. The second one is resurrection. We're all going to be raised. And the third one is judgment. We're all going to be judged, although many live their lives 
like they're not going to be judged. We're all going to be, we're all going to die. We're all going to be raised and we're all going to be judged. Okay. Now, Ecclesiastes 3.17 say, what are you talking about? Well, look, it says, uh, God will judge both the righteous and the wicked. How many of you want to be in the righteous bucket? <laughs> yeah. God will judge both the righteous and the wicked, for there is a time appointed for every matter and to judge every deed. Every matter and every deed is going to be judged. Anybody shaking in your boots? You ought to be. I would be shaking in my boots if I wasn't sure Jesus already took my judgment. Hebrews 9, 27 and 28 says, this is the Passion Translation, every human being is appointed to die once. Just once. And then to face God's judgment. But when we die, we will be face to face with Christ. He's talking about us, right? The one who experienced death once for all. To bear the sins of many. Of how many? Anyone who's in him. Many. Many will come to him, right? And those now to those who eagerly await him. Anybody eagerly awaiting Jesus? He will appear a second time. Not to deal with sin. But to bring the fullness of salvation. Okay? Now, there are lots of different ideas that people have made up about death. Right? But there are three main, I guess you could say, popular um, philosophies or views about death in, in, in the world. There's, there's hundreds of views, there's hundreds of, of ideas, but there's three main ones, all right? And I think I put them in there for you in your outline. But the first one is annihilationism. Annihilationism. Can you say annihilationism? Okay. Annihilationism is the view... That human beings cease to exist at the moment of physical death. Okay? In other words, you die and you're gone. Okay? You just turn back into dust because that's where we came from, right? From the dust of the earth. But this view, the view of annihilationism, that once you die, you're just gone. Okay? It's all over. This view denies the eternal existence of the soul and the justice of God. It denies the eternal existence of the soul that God says we're made in his image. So we're eternal, right? We have a spirit. We have a soul. We're made in the image of God. Part of us will last forever. But also annihilationism just denies the justice of God. In other words, there won't be any judgment for whatever you did right or wrong. It's just going to be all over, okay? I don't know about you, but that's not justice, Another view of death that is false is reincarnation. Reincarnation is the view that upon death, a person's soul passes into a new body of either the same or a different species, okay? You know, Tara dies and she can come back as another person or as a kitty or as a butterfly, okay? Right, but it all has to do. It kind of, it kind of has to do with judgment because based on what you lived, what you did in the last life, you either get rewarded or you get punished. Right? You can come back as a slug to be punished, or you can come back as a beautiful stallion. I don't know, or another. But this view, this made-up human philosophy, okay, denies. 
the biblical teaching of eternal judgment. But the third view actually comes from the Bible, and that is resurrection. Come on, turn to somebody and say, you're going to rise. Resurrection is the biblical teaching that the dead shall all rise, be judged, and be given either eternal punishment or eternal rewards. Now listen, the whole Bible teaches this truth. Unfortunately, there are a lot of professing believers who don't understand this because they've never read the whole Bible. I know Pastor RJ let y'all have it last Sunday about that, right? But listen, do not assume to know the truth unless you've read the whole truth. Do not think you have the ability to discern absolute truth unless you've read the absolute truth from cover to cover. Not long ago, I was in a group of, of Christians, and most of them Christians for a long time. And I asked, raise your hand if you've read through the entire Bible. I'm going to do it right now, okay? All right. Raise your hand if you've read from Genesis to Revelation the whole Bible. And close to half of them didn't raise their hand. Now, I'm not talking about people who've not... No, no. People who've been Christians for a long time. Okay, let me just say this. I know we probably say this about every other service. All right. So bear with me. But look at me. I, I, I ask you this with all the love and all the gentleness, but all of the insistence. You need to read the whole Bible again and again and again and again from cover to cover. Get yourself on a plan that takes you through the Bible again and again. I read the whole Bible every year. It takes me about 10 to 12 months to read the whole Bible every single year. And I do it again and again and again and again. And every time I do it, I realize I didn't know that. How dare any of us presume to know and discern the truth if we have not read God's full truth. So the doctrine of resurrection and judgment is taught from cover to cover in the Bible. And I challenge you to go and find it, okay? Let me just give you some examples, okay? Daniel chapter 12, verse 2. Many of those whose bodies lie dead and buried will rise up. Come on, say rise up. Rise up. <sighs> I don't know about that one. <laughs> some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting disgrace. How about what Jesus said? How many of us know the whole word of God is alive, but Jesus was the word of God in flesh? How about what Jesus said? John chapter 5, verses 25 through 29. And I assure you that the time is coming. Indeed, it's here now when the dead will hear my voice, the voice of the Son of God. And those who listen, ooh, this is a profound statement. Those who listen will live. Anybody want to live? You better listen to Jesus. Everybody's going to hear, but not everybody's listening. Come on, the Father, what did the Father say when, when Jesus was up on the Mount of Transfiguration and he literally became shiny like God in front of Peter, James, and John? What did the voice of the Father say? This is my son, listen to him, okay? 
Everybody's going to hear the voice of the Son of God one day, but not everybody has been listening. But those of us that have listened, we will live. We will live. Let's continue. Verse 26, the Father has life in himself. And he has granted that same life-giving power to his Son, and he has given him, who? Jesus, authority to judge everyone because he is the son of man. Because he came as one of us. He knows how to judge us, okay? Don't be so surprised. Indeed, the time is coming when all the dead, everybody say all the dead. dead. Okay, now say, that's going to be me. I know young people don't think that they're going to die, or at least they don't feel it. I used to didn't really, you know, when you're young, you just kind of feel like you're going to just be around forever. But then as you start getting older, you start to realize, wow, you know, I just turned 40. I may be near half of my life. I hope I'm not quite to half. I hope to live to 100-ish, right? But time does run out, right? We're only on this earth, 70, 80, 90, 100 years. I just heard about a lady who was 113 and she finally died, okay? But we're only on the earth for 70 to normally uh, the, the, um, what do they call it? Life expectancy of the average American is 79 now. It's actually gone down, unfortunately. Yeah, it used to be in the 80s. Now it's 79. I believe all of us are going to live longer than that in Jesus' name, right? Y'all better be honoring your mother and your father so you can live long. Just to read the Bible, okay? But, but we need a reality check. The time is coming. I think we're on verse 27 or 8. The time is coming when all the dead in their graves will hear the voice of God's Son and they will rise again. Come on, tell somebody again. You're going to rise. Those who have done good will rise to experience eternal life. And those who have continued in evil. I love it. It doesn't say those who have done evil. Because we've all done evil. Those who have continued in evil. Who have refused to repent, right? Who have continued in evil. It says will rise to experience judgment. Now tell somebody, you're going to rise. And you're going to be judged. Now that can either produce deep Peace and comfort or terror? I remember when I used to be terrified at this reality. And let me tell you today, if you are in Christ, if you have surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, if Jesus Christ is your Lord, you've been born again, you should receive deep peace and comfort. But if you have not surrendered your life, if you have not repented, if you insist on continuing in your own way and not surrender your life to him, you ought to be terrified at this reality. Because as good as you feel right now, you're going to face judgment. I'm going to face judgment. Every one of us is going to stand before the throne of almighty, righteous, holy God. And we're going to give an account for how we've lived our life. The Bible actually says we're going to give an account for every word that's come out of our mouth. Some eternal life, some eternal judgment. Reality check is this. Your current physical body will die. It will. But it's just a shell. It's just a shell. 
your spirit and soul will last forever somewhere. Ask people who've had near-death experiences. They come out of their body, and they're still there. <laughs> I know people who've sat up out of their body and floated and looked at what was happening below. Listen, your spirit and your soul will last forever somewhere, okay? Either eternal life, which we typically call heaven, or eternal punishment or eternal death, which we call, and Jesus called, by the way, for those that don't, that don't like this word, Jesus called it hell, okay? Hell or eternal death or the second death, okay? So, in fact, <laughs> this is something I really love about resurrection, okay? You ready to get happy? The Bible says that when I'm raised, if I'm in Christ, I'm going to get a new incorruptible body. Oh, Jesus, thank you. We're not just going to be spirits floating around like gas, right? No, 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 no. No, no, no. The Bible teaches us that we will all receive a new body. There's going to be a new heaven, a new earth, and all of us will receive a new body, okay, that's incorruptible. Like, you know, like when Jesus rose from the grave and he appeared to people and they just couldn't quite recognize him? I think he probably looked different. Okay? How many of you are glad you're going to look different? Okay. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not going to be sick or tired any longer. I'm glad that my knee ain't going to hurt. I'm glad that I'm not going to have to worry about gaining weight, right? Or, or look. <laughs> Actually, I'm not sure how all that works in heaven, but in fact, I don't want to get into all the details of our new incorruptible body but the Bible teaches we will have one. We won't just be spirits floating around out there, okay? We'll all be resurrected, we'll be judged, and we'll receive a new body. Now, I, I just think that's really cool, and I'm not going to get real detailed about that because what I want to focus on the rest of this message are two important things about final resurrection, okay? I want to focus on this. Are we ready? We have hope and peace because of the resurrection. We can have hope both hope and peace through the reality of the resurrection. The first one is hope. Come on, say, I hope, I hope. in resurrection. resurrection. Acts chapter 24, Paul is saying, I have the same hope in God that these men have. He was defending himself, okay, for preaching the gospel. And he said, I have the same hope they do. He was talking to the Jewish people that believed in the resurrection, right? Except the Sadducees, okay? They were sad, you see, because they didn't have no hope, okay? Uh, uh, okay. Y'all never heard that? I've been around church a long time, okay? I heard that when I was a kid, all right? The Sadducees didn't believe in the resurrection, and so they didn't really have any hope for eternity, so they were sad, you see, okay? All right. But Jesus, um, Jesus, Paul was defending himself before the Pharisees because they were, they believed in really practicing the law because they were fair, I see. They were fair, I see. The law, right? And they believed in every word of the word of God. They believed in the resurrection, right? So Paul was defending himself in front of the Pharisees who believed in the resurrection. And he said, 
I'm defending myself to these people. I have the same hope they do. Okay? I have the same hope in God that these men have. That he will raise both the righteous and the unrighteous. He will raise both the righteous and the unrighteous because of this. Woo. Because of this, I always try to maintain a clear conscience before God and all people. But let me first say this. We hope in the resurrection. What is our hope? That we will live forever, ever because of Jesus. We hope, our hope is that this life literally is just practice. All we're doing is earning rewards, right? Eternal rewards. Now, you can't earn eternal life. Jesus died our death and raised from the grave to give us eternal life. But if you have eternal life, everything you do will either be rewarded or not. <laughs> or burn up, the Bible says. We'll come back to that next Sunday. But I have hope. Because I know that whenever I'm 80, 90, 100, or however long I live, that's not the end. This is just practice. We're going to live forever. And if you don't know you have eternal life, you have the opposite of hope and peace. Unless you have not yet realized you're going to be raised and judged. Come on, just I want, I, I'm making you guys say a lot today because I really want this sink into our spirit and in our mind. Come on, say it. I will live forever. That gives me hope. Does that give you hope? But it's because of this hope. It's because of this understanding our hope in the resurrection, that we will live forever? It's because of the understanding of that? That we should live the way we live now. If I understand, if I have, if I'm full of this hope that I'm going to live forever, it ought to determine the way I live my life today. The way I live my life now. If I have this hope that Paul was talking about. If I understand that it's never going to be all over. That once this life is over, I will continue into eternal life of some form. It very much ought to affect and determine the way I live my life today, now on the earth. If that hasn't hit you yet, let's look at Mark 13, 32 through 37. However, no one knows the day or hour when these things will happen. Not even the angels in heaven or the Son himself. Only the Father knows. And since you don't know when that time will come, be on guard. Come on, say. On guard. Stay alert. Poke your neighbor and make sure they're awake. Come on, say, alert. 
The coming, and Jesus is referring to his second coming, the, se- the coming of the Son of Man can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. Anybody feel like Jesus has gone on a pretty long trip? For generations. This is the generation. He's coming back. And yes, I know the Israel and all that. I know that this is very possibly the generation he's coming back. Okay? I do understand that. So don't, don't, don't look at me like that. All right? But every generation has thought it was the end. Really? I mean, the, uh, the, the, the first Christians thought that Jesus was coming before the end of their life. Okay? Only the Father knows. And since you don't know when that time will be, stay on guard. Stay alert. The coming of the Son of Man will be illustrated, can be illustrated by, by a man going on a long trip. When he left home, he gave each of his slaves instructions about the what? About the what? The work they were to do. And he told the gatekeeper to watch for his return. You too must keep watch. Keep watch. For you don't know when the master of the household will return. In the evening? At midnight? Before dawn? Or at daybreak? Don't let him find you sleeping when he arrives without warning. I say to you what I say to everyone, watch for him. Come on, turn to your neighbor one time, one more time and say. We have to stay awake. We have to stay alert. Now, Jesus did not teach us when he would return he didn't so if anybody's been trying to predict it stop it you can't it's impossible he said you can't i believe in paying attention to the signs of the times and he said if we see you know if you see the leaves changing or whatever you know that the time is coming here but y'all the signs yes they've been around for a while now and yes they're increasing Could Jesus come back today? Absolutely. I think. Probably not just quite yet. Because we're getting really close, but we're not quite there yet to where everybody in the world has heard the gospel. But you guys, this generation has almost done it. In this generation, we're almost there. There are very few people groups yet to hear the gospel. We're getting closer. Could Jesus come back in this next decade? Yes. Could he come back in your lifetime? Yes. Could he come back still 200 years from now? Yeah. And Jesus said, we ought not to be preoccupied about exactly the day or the time when he's coming. He didn't teach us that. He taught us this. Are you ready? Live every day as if today were the day. So you won't be caught sleeping when today is the day. If Wednesday I decide to sleep spiritually and not be alert and he comes back Wednesday and I'm not watching, I might not be ready. We have to live every day as if today were the day. Because we don't know that day. And he said that many will be caught by surprise. Other scriptures say, everybody's just going to kind of be doing their thing. Just like it always was. Just like in the days of Noah. 
right? Everybody was just coming and going and getting married and doing this and that and the other, and all of a sudden, boom, the flood came and destroyed everybody. Don't be caught unalert. Don't be caught, don't be caught sleeping. He taught us to live every day as if it were today. So I was asking myself this question for myself and for all of us. How can I be sure that I am ready for his return? You know, you can be ready. How can you be sure of it? How can you be sure that whenever Jesus returns, or if you go to be with him before he comes, that you're ready? How can you be ready? How can you be sure? And this is the answer. Live every single day committed and dedicated to the work he left us to accomplish. That's what he referred to. He didn't just say sit there at the gate and look. Come on, Christians. He didn't say sit there and watch the news and count how many signs happen in one day. And wait. He said, stay busy with the work I left you to accomplish. How can I be absolutely sure I'm ready if I live every day to accomplish the work he's given me to accomplish? Now listen, as Christians, there's one thing he's given all of us to accomplish. That is to share the good news and make disciples of all nations. That is to share the good news and to make disciples. That's the work he's given all of us. But also each and every one of us have a different assignment and a different specific purpose and work. But all of us, and, 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 and we need to be focused on that. We need to do that. But there's one thing we ought to always, 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 always be committed to. And that is to share the good news of Jesus with everyone around us and to make disciples of Jesus. Let me tell you. If he returns and he finds you living and sharing the gospel and teaching others to follow him, you're ready. Living that way will keep you awake. I can tell you from personal experience, I have lived my life dedicated since I was a teenager, preaching the gospel, making disciples, and listen, I'm always awake. I'm always awake. Liz laughs because I'm always awake, but I don't mean always awake physically. There's, I, there's no such thing to me as, oh, I'm just backsliding. I'm just having a hard time, or I'm just in a dry season, or I'm just not hearing the Lord right now. I'm not saying there's not struggles. I'm not saying there's not temptations. I'm not saying there's, there's not times where it's like, Lord, what in the world are we doing? But let me tell you something. We're doing we're doing, we're working, we're living our lives dedicated to share, to spread the gospel to our friends, to our neighbors, to our city, to the nations. I'm living my life every single day. My entire life's purpose is to follow Jesus and help other people follow Jesus. If you live your life to be a disciple of Jesus and to spread the message of Jesus, you'll be ready. You'll be ready. You'll be awake. You won't fall asleep. Believe me, that kind of work keeps you spiritually awake. And I'm not saying everybody should go off and be an evangelist or move to a foreign country as a missionary. Some of you should and will. I said some of you should and will. 
I said some of you should and will. But every one of us lives in a mission field. Last time I checked, of the over 6 million people that live in metropolitan Atlanta, not even half, not even half, listen, not even close to half attend a church. And definitely not everybody attending a church is really saved. So how many lost people are around us all the time? If we live our lives with the understanding that people need Jesus and I have the answer and I live my life every day to share the gospel with people around me, I'm going to be ready for him to return. Come on. Just say, I want to live my life every day as if today were the day. And we have hope. We have hope because of the final resurrection. And this hope drives the way we live and work here and now. Listen, I'm working and living today for an eternal reward. You can't earn them in eternity. You can earn them now. We're working and living our lives today with the hope that we'll be resurrected into eternal rewards. Anybody got hope today? The second thing is we have peace through resurrection. Hebrews 2, 14 and 15. Because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, the Son also became flesh and blood, for only as a human being could he die. And only by dying could he break the power of the devil. Who had, who had, not has, he had the power of death. Only in this way could he set free all who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. Y'all, the fear of death is the worst of all fears. The fear of death is the worst of all fears. And if you aren't in Christ, you cannot have peace about death. Okay? We're all in agreement that we're all going to die. We're all going to be raised. And we have hope in the resurrection. The only way to have peace is to know you will be raised with him. See, the fear of death is the worst type of fear. If I live under the fear of death, there is no peace. I can try to find peace. I can try to make myself feel at peace. But unless I'm sure that I know, that I know, that I am forgiven, I am saved, and that the day I do die or the day he does return, I'm going to be raised to live forever. If I don't know it for sure, I can't have real peace. You can pretend. Many do. You can find false peace in other things, people, or ideas. But deep down, listen, just take this away today. 
deep down, you either know or you don't know. And you either have that peace or you don't. And I'm here to tell you today that you can. You can have the peace that passes all understanding. You can have the peace Jesus promised that no one or nothing could take away. It is peace because of his resurrection and now our resurrection with him to live forever and ever. If there is no resurrection, there is no hope. If there is no final resurrection, there is no peace. But thankfully, he is revealed through his word and through Jesus himself, the living word, that we have both hope and peace because he rose and we will also be raised. Okay? Be free from the fear of death and rejoice in the hope of the resurrection and eternal life. Now, I want to read this one last scripture because people ask this all the time. What about everybody else who's died? Will we see them again? I'll let the word of God answer for itself. 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18. And now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to the believers who have died so that you will not grieve like people who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life, we also believe that when Jesus returns, God will bring back with him the believers who have died. Do you want to see your loved ones for all eternity? Make sure that they're in Christ. Because it says he'll bring back with him all the believers who have died. We tell you this directly from the Lord. We who are still living when the Lord returns will not meet him ahead of those who have died. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet call of God. First, the believers who have died will rise from their graves. Then together with them, we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up in the clouds or in the heavens to meet the Lord in the air. Then we will be, we will be, we will be, we will be. Did you get that it says we? Them and us. We will be. Some of y'all just got that. Them and us. We will be with the Lord forever. So encourage each other with these words. And these are the words I want to encourage you today. Those who have died in Christ will be raised to be with him and to be with each other forever. Those who have died in Christ, in Christ, will be raised to be with him and with each other forever. Believers, okay, who are alive when Jesus returns will be transformed. Instead of the body dying, somehow it just gets, I don't know, beamed up and transformed, right? To be with him and each other forever. Let the peace, what deep peace what powerful hope 
because of the resurrection. Jesus rose so we could rise. Jesus rose. Come on, why don't you say that? Jesus rose so I could rise. The question is, will you rise to be with him forever? Or will you rise and be judged and be separated from him and from everyone forever? The decision is up to each of us because the decision to save us, he already did it. Yeah? You can't earn eternal life. You can only receive it. Oh, come on. We need to get that today. You can't earn. I can't earn eternal life. I can only receive it. Jesus died in your place and in my place. He carried my sins and your sins so that when we repent of our sin, when we say, no more, I don't want to live my way anymore. I surrender to you as Lord. We're forgiven. We're washed clean. He says we're born again. We get a brand new life. Listen, eternal life doesn't start in heaven. Eternal life starts the very moment you're born again into the family of God. But Jesus told the religious man, Nicodemus, the Pharisee who knew everything that the Bible said, you need to be born again. Because only the Son of God can give life. Only the one who died and rose can raise us when we die. You must be born again. And I know that most of you sitting there today have been born again. But some of you may not have been. And listen to this. Some of you may have put your faith in Jesus before, but you are not walking with Jesus ready. You're not ready. If he were to come tonight, you were not ready. But you can be. You can be. You can know today that you're ready. If today you need to repent of your sins and be born again, you can be born again right there. You don't even have to wait for me to pray a prayer. Make the decision in your heart right now. Come to Jesus in your heart. Make a decision right now. I don't want to live my way anymore. I repent of my sins. I repent of my way. I surrender my life to the Lord, to Jesus. Right there where you are, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. He'll come to live on the inside you. He will literally wake up your sleeping spirit. The Bible actually says he will bring to life your dead spirit. He'll give you new life right now. It's not magic words. It's simply believing and confessing Jesus Christ as your Lord. Come on, say it one more time. Jesus rose so I can rise. Today, maybe you need to reconcile with God. Rather, you've never been born again and you need to be saved today. Or whether maybe you have been saved but you're not sure if you're saved anymore. Today is the day to put your hope in the resurrected one, in the resurrected Savior. Come on, stand to your feet, if you will.
but I'm going to give, give you guys just a couple of seconds. Let's get settled and undistracted just for another couple of moments. This is our unshakable hope and peace. You can have hope that won't disappear even when everything looks hopeless around you because of resurrection. One day, it's all going to be over and we're going to be with him forever and ever. You can have peace even when you're surrounded by struggle because one day you're going to be raised to be with him forever and ever. It's unshakable hope and unshakable peace because listen, this truth of the resurrection is an unshakable truth. It's going to happen. And Jesus proved it's going to happen by being the first one to rise. And because he's the one who defeated death, now he has defeated death on behalf of all of us. And when we die, he can raise all of us. There's hope and peace through the reality of the resurrection. If you wouldn't mind, maybe close your eyes for just a moment because I feel like there may be some people in the room watching online or listening to this podcast. You aren't sure you have this hope and this peace. And today you can. You need, you must be born again. You must put your hope in the one who rose from the grave and defeated death. Make a decision today to turn away from your sins and turn your heart over to him and receive him as your savior and your Lord. You'll be saved and you can know for sure that you will be raised to live forever and ever with him. If you need right now, if you need to be born again for the first time or Maybe you think you were born again before, but you're not sure anymore. You're not, you, 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 you haven't been close to him. But today you want to be sure. Right now, if, if that's you, if you want to make the decision today, I put all of my hope in the resurrected Savior. I put my faith in Jesus. If that's you, just pop your hand up really quick. Say, that's me. Okay? Who says, that's me? I need today to surrender my life to Jesus. Anybody else? Come on, anybody else in the room? We're online. Very simple. Very simple, okay? We're going to do this. I'm going to pray this prayer. But these aren't magic words that if you repeat them, it works. You have to mean it from your heart. So you can use my words or you can use your own. But something like this. Jesus, you died for me. You came to live for me. You lived a perfect life without sin. So you became the perfect sacrifice for sin you paid the price you paid the penalty and you died in my place but Jesus I believe you defeated death and you rose from the grave so that I could have eternal life you live forever and ever Jesus and I will live forever and ever because I put my hope and my faith in you Jesus today I turn away from my sin 
come, some of you really need to pray this your own way. To, to Jesus today, I turn away. I'm sorry. Forgive me for the way I've been living my life. I've been doing my own thing. I've been, I, I've been a rebel. I've been stubborn. Some of you even need to pray this. I've known what your word says, but I haven't done it. And today I repent, Jesus. Jesus, I turn away from my own way and I surrender my life. I surrender my heart and my all to you. Jesus, save me. Jesus, today fill me with the Holy Spirit, with your life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Now, as we conclude our service today, the worship team is just going to lead us in a, about two minutes of worship. What I want to do is open up the altar because I feel like there are many of us who need to respond to this. You've allowed yourself to get sleepy sometimes because you haven't truly dedicated your life to the work of the gospel to truly living your life to share the gospel with others to follow Jesus and make disciples of Jesus but today you want to make that decision Jesus I make a decision to live my life alert and awake by dedicating my life to the work of the gospel Whatever that means for you as a mom, as a dad, as a teacher, as a lawyer, as a doctor, as a waitress, as a banker, as a student, as a missionary, as a preacher, as a construction worker. You are called to carry and share the gospel and make disciples no matter who you are or what your purpose is in life today some of us need to make the decision I will give my life to share the gospel with my people with my circle of influence as we worship if you need to come to the altar just come to the altar and respond if you want to just stay in your seat and respond that way that's fine but come on as we worship the Lord let's just respond to him today I give my life Jesus I surrender my life to you because you're worthy I surrender my life to you to, 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 to proclaiming the good news to sharing the good news Lord with everyone around me all the days of my life Lord I want to live every day as if today were the day I want to live every day of my life committed to the work of the gospel oh Jesus Thank you so much for tuning in today. I really believe God spoke to you through His Word today and is moving in your life. If you'd like more information about Encounter Church or you'd like to give your tithes and offerings, you can visit our website at EncounterChurchAtlanta.org. I'd also like to invite you to share this message on social media. Thanks again.